Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1256 of the Lothan Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Thursday. And today's podcast is actually part two of two. So if you missed part one, go back and listen to part one with myself and Jake Rosen about the NBA draft. Wall-to-wall discussion between myself and Jake, who's very, very smart on this kind of stuff about the Hawks, the top of the draft, et cetera, et cetera. So that is definitely the best way to listen to the podcast. Part one first, then part two now. But if you're watching part two or listening to part two at the moment, plenty more to come and a lot of fun conversations to be had between myself and Jake. Please subscribe to the podcast after the intro. I'll be back with more with myself and Jake Rosen. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's... Pivot to the Hawks, guys. Now, obviously, I've been saying for a while, I wonder if you agree with this, this is sort of a starting point. There's like 20 guys they could draft at 16, and it would literally like, totally stun me. So it's <laughs> like really hard to go through all of them. We, we, we don't have to do that. Um, but because I'm trying to get to like everybody with somebody along the way that's like kind of in play. My list wouldn't be that long, but I just feel like there's so much of uncertainty. It seems like you agree with me. Like it's kind of just yeah. flat-ish in that range. Um, so I'm going to start here and then we can get into it. Obviously this is hard to do because you don't know who's going to be available at 16, but give me like the semi reasonable best possible outcome for the Hawks 16. Like, do you, do you have a guy in your head that you would just love there? And obviously they could be gone by then. I'm not going to say like, don't say, uh, don't say Jaden Ivy. Other than that, uh, you can no. say any guy I that's mean, like reasonable. Ivy uh, is my dream Hawks. You, you and Andrew I, Kelly are, uh, are on the same, but I, I, yeah, I would, I think that's as good as a fit and would potentially move the landscape of the East for years to come. But honestly, though, like, <laughs> honestly, though, like, okay, this is, we're far afield, but that's fine. I just did doing it to myself. There's this, like, it's not even a rumor, but there's this, like, potential path where the Hawks get involved for the seventh pick from Portland because Portland wants to get better. They want John Collins, all this stuff. Like, I'm not saying it has to be guy at seven, but there are trade up or trade out avenues for the Hawks to land in that range of the guys that I never talk about, like your, yeah. your Matherins and your Dyson Daniels and like that group that the Hawks are never going to get at 16, but they, they do have chances to go up and get those guys. Is there anybody in that group that you like would love in Atlanta? Yeah. I just did this with the next podcast I was on last night. Like I, I think trading up, if you're trading up, you better be in that top four or I, honestly, I totally three. agree with you. Totally like, agree. I would not take, I would not waste. I'm not even like I would not put up any assets to go from 16 to seven because it's just so flat to me. Like there are guys that I like in that range, but even from a Hawks standpoint, like on my personal board, I would say like you're five through ten, which I think is like a mini tier for me outside. I don't even know to be honest. Like I- I've tried doing the rewatches. The- the- this draft is going to be so fascinating because it is as flat as I can remember, honestly. Um, so I've. Johnny Davis, AJ Griffin, Shaden Sharp, Tari Eason, Jalen Duran, and Dyson Daniels in some order. I don't know if any of those guys like fit exactly what the Hawks need. Now, I'd be very interested with Johnny Davis. Um, I think that is someone that if the shot comes around, you're talking about adding what I project as a plus guard defender alongside Trey, someone who can run second side action, someone who can penetrate and get into the teeth of defenses on redrives improved as a passer can run second side actions 
he's going to be interesting. I, I would wait till to see how the board shakes out with him because it does feel like he's going to be in that like 10-11 range with the Knicks and the Wizards. So maybe if he's on the board, I would I would feel comfortable giving up a little bit to move up five spots because just because I really, really like his game. AJ Griffin, while I'm a big fan of him, I don't necessarily know if he solves the Hawks' issues. Like, I think he can space the floor, but sure. uh, I, I, the Hawks are interesting. Like, the Hawks are in a different timeline. And I'm not saying that um, they need to win now, but you, you need, you've Trey Young, you need to be competitive. Well, um, and they're also trying to win. I mean, not to, but just to give you some context, like, I know that Travis Schlank, as the decision maker, understands they don't have to push all the chips in to win this year, but like, after the way last year went from ownership on down, like there is some pressure to win. You know, and, and this is, this is something I've been thinking about a lot because a, a term, this is a sad little tantrum, but I think it very much applies to the Hawks and because they were, they showed how this could come to fruition. A lot of times you get so caught up in, are they a number one player on the championship team? Are they the number two on a championship team? And you sit back and what does that mean? Because from a year to year basis, the benchmarks for a championship team are, they are changing and constantly moving, constantly shifting. As an executive, especially when you have somewhat of a direction and a player of the caliber of Trey Young and supporting pieces like John Collins and such that the, the Hawks have, you just have to put yourself in a position to compete. And you you are, you put the best team forward and you hope the chips fall your way and a series bounces your way and the ball bounces your way. And then look at you, you're in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, I, I think we, I've gotten so caught up and I've been so guilty of this early when I was really fascinated by team building because it's such a captivating topic is that there's a right way to do this. We're on this steady timeline. The NBA is not linear. Um, That is one nope. thing I've certainly <laughs> learned. Like the Hawks, they're climbing up the Eastern Conference Finals one time. I'm picking them to finish second in the East and they're in the, they're getting smacked as the eight seed. So like the NBA is not linear. And when you have a chance to compete and be competitive, which I think the Hawks do, um, with just the talent, sheer talent that they have. Like, you have an obligation, in my opinion, to be competitive and, and try to win. That's why, I, like, I didn't really. Um, the Chicago Bulls, like, they're a fun team, and and they, you know, they caught a raw deal in the first in the first round. And if they're the four or five seed, are, are we talking about them in a different light potentially? Um, and I think you know, you just have to put the best team out there and, and compete, and maybe win a series, maybe win a second series, and you know, Ben Simmons doesn't take a layup. <laughs> and some, a couple things follow your lead. Like, that's kind of how basketball works. It's super fluid. So, side tangent, like, when you have a player of, of Trey Young's caliber, um, you should be trying to win, and you should be trying to be as competitive as possible. So, that's why, you know, maybe I like Johnny, but I, he's probably the only in that range. Like, I'm a big fan of Tari, big fan of Jalen Duran, but again, I, I don't think those guys are necessarily moving the needle in a way in which I would feel comfortable giving up assets. Of course, we don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm probably not making that call. Yeah, I'm I'm with you 100%. I mean, the way that I've I'll probably do a whole show on it at some point. If the I'm not just gonna, I almost said rumors. They're not even rumors, but rumblings persist that the Hawks might look to like move into that range or move Collins for a pick in that range. Like, I wouldn't want to have the seventh pick in a vacuum in this draft. Obviously, you'd oh, no, rather no. have it than not. But it's not a, not a great spot to be in, in my opinion. Even if I like some guys, uh, to your point. So, so like, go ahead. Yeah, my, my what I was saying is as a Knicks fan. Like the Knicks, I think the stat is like the Knicks haven't moved. They haven't moved up from their lottery position. They've only moved down for the past like 20 years. And I was talking about, of course, this is going to be the year where they're going to move up for no reason. They'll move up to like fifth. I don't even know if that's possible with the new lottery. I feel like it's either like you climb in top four or you don't. But um, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Like the, the, I think you're going to see a lot of teams in that seven to 
nine or 10 range trying to trade out and pick, maybe pick up another pick later in the draft, pick up another asset moving forward. And like, for me, I'm just standing pat and making my pick. Um, it's the same thing I've been saying Knicks should do. Like there will be options at 11, same thing with the Hawks. There'll be options at 16. Um, I, I don't necessarily think there's anyone, maybe Johnny a little bit, just cause he really can fit the need. And if he hiss can, uh, can really help you out and be a potential uh, long-term, not necessarily backcourt partner, but someone you can play with alongside Trey Young where it's successful. Um, but yeah, it's tough. It's super, super flat. And I would honestly rather just stand pat and make my pick. We totally agree. I think that um, through that lens, I mean, I don't think Johnny's going to get to 16. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, the only guy that I, I caught your uh, your quick list there, I think uh, the name Tari East jumped out to me because yeah. he seems to be at least mocked in their range. I think there was an ESPN mock today, I want to say, that was new that had the Hawks getting him at 16. And he's a popular idea for Hawks fans in part because he's been mocked in their range, but also defensively, physicality wise, like he'd be pretty interesting. I wonder what you, what do you make of him? Because he's not a perfect prospect because nobody in this range is, but yeah. um, it seems like based on where he's, where he's on your board, that'd be a good value at 16 for the Hawks. Yeah, no one good value. And two, I just wrote about him and comparing him and uh, Jeremy Sohan as two modern versatile fours who are really good at defense in different ways. Um, and <laughs> Tari, the way I pitch Tari is, you can scale so Atari for just a quick uh, spark notes of what his game is. He is a brash, modern four, big wing who I kind of am comfortable pitching as like a big three, a smaller four, about six eight, relentless downhill slasher, very right hand dominant, um, can be very erratic at times as a decision maker, both as a driver as a passer. Um, but has refining to do. The game is not perfect. It's not. You watch him at LSU, that game, the way he was used, all everything about it is not necessarily going to be translatable, as we were saying, um, with the Lamella Ball Polo high school stuff. <laughs> yeah. However, I believe that there is a vein um, in which you can kind of bottle up this uh, erratic player who is all over the place, and you leverage his best skill, which is straight line slashing, where he is an absolute monster getting downhill, um, super positionally strong, has a capable handle, doesn't have like crazy counters, and the ball control isn't totally there at times but in terms of getting straight line like a straight line attack getting downhill taking contact finishing through contact when he does get to the rim um he's money absolutely money and uh he's was i think he made 43 percent of his threes in sec play so someone who's a rise rapidly improving and rising shooter improved his free throw percentage from uh his year i think he shot 57 percent as a freshman and now was up to 80 percent as a sophomore so someone who looks the part of a legitimate shooter who at least has improved as such this year so the idea in my pitch for Tari, which at least which fits very much the hawks is someone who instead of employing him as an isolation driver and even a DHO operator, space him to the corner. Um, let him shoot catch and shoot threes, and most of all, let him attack closeouts and get downhill against tilted defenses. Um, few guys in this class, if any, eat up space like he does downhill. The combination of strength and speed, and just the willingness and sheer like he loves contact. Um, he he'll take it on the chin and yeah. finish right through you. And in addition to the defense and being super versatile, very instinctual in passing lanes, stocks monster, um, but also really capable at the point of attack. Uh, is super quick, super strong, and I think could potentially give some big wings problems all around the league. So he, he's someone where it's it definitely requires a little bit of imagination and, and reining him in a little bit. But I do think if anyone is going to be able to put him in a role to succeed early on, it is the Hawks just because of Trey Young's 
just capable capability of carrying such a heavy offensive usage load and then putting role players in in, in um, advantageous positions to either shoot or attack and continue to pressure that defense. So I, I do think Tari is a very interesting one. And as you said, he's he's in their range. So he's someone where I would definitely – I'm much more comfortable waiting it out and seeing if he falls to me than trying to trade up and uh, strike gold with any of those guys. Today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. And the auto world right now has so many mixed models these days, especially – Pretty much impossible for any local chain store to have all the parts that you need for your car or your truck. And even if they had them, you actually want to deal with the person behind the counter. All they want to do is tell you what they want to sell you from the warehouse or behind their counter, in their computer, whatever it's going to be. Instead, use rockauto.com and they have all the stuff that you want at home or in your pockets. a much, much better option. And why spend more for the same parts at a dealership or at a local chain store? When you can get them at rockauto.com for much less. And honestly, the prices are reliably low for each and every customer. They're always the same as well. It's very, very helpful no matter who you are at rockauto.com. And it's been a family business for more than two decades at this point. And they have all stuff that you need. That includes, of course, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even carpet. And rockauto.com has all of what you need to check it out today for sure. And when you get there, write locked on in the how did you hear about us box. And then we sent you to them. That's very important. So write locked on in that box that asks you how you got to rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. This is more of a philosophical thing. And I know I know what I think, but uh, somebody asked me this offline the other day, and I was thought it was at least an interesting like thing to bring up, um, specifically because it's because of Tari. But it, it applies to a lot of these guys. Um, what do you philosophically think about like you know just just let's just use the Hawks. The Hawks drafted Jalen Johnson last year. He fell he fell on their lap um, kind of unexpectedly. He fell further than he was supposed to fall, um, but obviously is similar positionally to someone like Tari Eason. Would you consider that in any way with this with this if you're the Hawks? Considering that Jalen had basically a yeah. redshirt year this year, like he's yeah. basically still the same guy he was a year. We, we don't really know. He was he was pretty good in the G League, but just basically didn't play at all. Like it's almost like the, I don't want to say drafting over, but that was the way that it was posed to me. It was like, wait, would you be drafting over Jalen Johnson? It's like, well, for me, no. But I want I want to know what you think about that whole like idea, basically. Yeah, it's really interesting because in in a they are cert, like similar players. I kind think of, I mean yeah. Jalen's. Jalen's a little bit bigger, and I, and I think Jalen has more typical four-man equity. Rather, is I think I think Tari's more of a wing in, in time. Like my issue with Jalen was that the driving just didn't look like what I thought it was going to be. Um, when he got to do the big man stuff and operating on the roll, attacking some closeouts here and there, um, it looked better. And, and I think, but I think he's you know he's a much better passer. Um, definitely, like not even yes. comparing the two, but. I do think, like, if Jalen hits in the way that the Hawks probably think he can, and if Tari hits in the way I can, I think they can play together. Um, it's a little yeah. wonky and a little janky, but I do think Tari can be your quote unquote four, and Jalen can be your five or, or four. Tari can be your three, and Jalen can be your four. Yeah. Um, is what I was getting at. I, I do think Tari's ahead as a shooter. I think Tari's ahead as a driver. I think Jalen is ahead at doing or at playing the role and, and adept in knowing his responsibilities and being able to plug and play without you know making wild mistakes that Tari could be prone to, especially early on. Um, and I think Jalen's a little bit more ahead in the big man stuff, but Tari's definitely had more ahead as a driver. Um, he's quicker. He's a much better athlete. can really get downhill. Um, so yeah, I do think they could either play together. And if not, like, I think those are two good, interesting pieces to have on your team. Yeah. Another, another thing about the Hawks, like in one of my favorite drafts last year, and we haven't seen either of them. So yeah, I think it's, it's really it, weird. It's, 
yeah, it's like another cat in the bag. I'm hoping we see some Sharif. Um, that was really my guy in in last there, year's class. Well, I mean, I could believe you fell that far. Nobody could. I mean, it's it's one of those weird things that, as you would imagine, I'm taking a lot of questions on. Like, you know, Nate McMillan does not like rookies very much, and there's the whole like, well, they, they need to trade the pick because they won't play the guy anyway. And there's that whole thing, and, and I'm I'm not about that. I just think it's interesting. Like, just in general, even not even with just Tari and Jalen, but like for me, anybody you take at 16 or 20 in a draft especially after what about your redshirt year like i personally wouldn't really consider jalen johnson when making this pick if yeah. if there's a guy that you like that's like the guy you want to take but he's a four like i think you just take him anyway and it's it becomes a good problem on some level but like and maybe if it, maybe it's a tiebreaker like if you were to put let's say tari's gone you, you compare pick a four that you like in this range versus another guy. And like, if it's really close, maybe you think, all right, we already, we already have Jalen Johnson, but if it's a tear break or something like you just take the guy and figure it. I mean, it's, it'd be different if he was a top five pick. Like if it was yeah. a Kongwu from, from, from two years ago, like, yeah, you have to consider him. He's a, he's a number six overall pick, but if, if, if a guy's picked at 20, like, yeah, you might draft quote unquote draft over the guy. You, you might have to. Yeah. I, and I agree. And I think the Hawks are in a really interesting place because like they, a lot of guys like they're well that's, that's the thing. They, yeah there's no position where they just had this glaring and that was the same thing as last year the jalen johnson pick was it was clearly a bpa choice as well as that's sharif, what, it, that's what that yeah point. same exactly the same thing sharif they weren't i mean i can tell you from what i heard they did not even imagine sharif would be there for them because why would they have right. thought that and yeah. like that was a guy at 20 that i was like look at 20 he's a great value but you have trey young like you can't really take yeah. sharif but then at 44 or whatever it was, you have I, to take him. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. But same thing this year. Like they, they might make a trade, but as of as of this moment, there's not a, a quote unquote position on the board where it's like, okay, that's a spot you have to take. And even if there was, you don't draft that. That's not what you. That's not why no. you draft. I always say that. It's Absolutely. not why you draft. <laughs> Absolutely. And I know. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's it's trouble in paradise. Honestly, like if you hit this pick, the Hawks are kind of on a like Schleich is on a pretty. Uh, impressive run over the past five he is on a good draft run yeah of hitting in the draft like we can we'll, talk about we'll see on jalen but everybody else has been basically he's never he's never missed a pick basically in the first in the first round the only the one that's a miss is amari spellman that, that was the 30th pick so it's like yeah. kind of a second round pick in some ways but i mean we're talking about john collins kevin herter uh, trey i look i'd love to have luka Doncic. like i i think but regardless but like they, they still I, evaluated I, trey very well like they nailed 100 the process is another conversation, but Trey at number five in the draft is like a huge home run 100%. smash. 100%. So. And, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like, it's trouble in paradise. It's like, oh no, we've hit too many picks. What do we do with all these guys? <laughs> and like, to that, I say, you get them all in the, like, you get them all in the, in the, in the, in the building, you go to practice every day, you disperse minutes and you make a decision. Like, that's Figure all you out. can do. Um, There's like, you, you shocker like surprise you did too good you were too good at your job like you're too good for your own good uh, that's like it came out really bad but that, that's <laughs> kind of what i'm getting at is that like with this pick and we even talked about agbaji and like some guys in those vein which it, it seems like oh the hawks already have that but it's like you don't know how these guys are going to out. You don't know. He, a you might come in and shoot, light the nets on fire and he's older and you can throw him in there right away. And all of a sudden that's your priority. He might not do that. Who knows? Um, But I, yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think they got to go best player available. I think they got to go someone with, and you got, you have to act on the assumption that this player is going to hit. And if they do hit, can they compliment Trey Young? Um, that's yeah. like my, my biggest thing um, for Atlanta specifically. 
I totally agree. You you draft for you draft around Trey and within reason. Like I'm fond of saying, like you don't draft Mark Williams. Like you have two centers basically, unless you're going to move on for yeah. Capella. Maybe you think about that at some point. But um, in a vacuum, that's the only thing that I just wouldn't do is draft a pure five um, or a pure small point guard. That's kind of it as far as yeah. what I wouldn't do. Um, so I want to ask you about some more guys now because we're because we're here. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Abaji. Like he's very. Uh, the way I said it before is like he's the guy that Mike Budenholzer would have taken for the Hawks, like when they were in that range where they just they just drafted a bunch of twenty two year olds, uh, Torian yeah. Prince, DeAndre Bembry, all those guys. Um, that might make some sense. Obviously, he's a pretty interesting prospect. But like, okay, I'm gonna ask you to compare him to guys like that are kind of positionally similar. Um, like Malachi Branham's a name that's been mocked to the Hawks recently that I've seen, and it seemed like yeah. for a while he had like some top. 10, 12 buzz, and it's kind of cool. Yeah, it seems to fade it out. Yeah. Uh, like, okay, let's just, I mean, we talked about John Davis before, but like Ochai versus Bray, I'm not saying they have to be one on one against each other, but like, what do you make of those guys? Because obviously the Hawks are in the market for uh, for more wings that can do things on offense. I, I think Branham is more of an upside play. I do think like yeah. he's he is more secondary create like he definitely has more juice off the bounce. He's definitely not necessarily a great athlete. Doesn't is not gonna get all these stencil rimmed uh rim attempts, but he is better operating off the bounce, especially in the mid-range game than Agbaji. More cable as a mid-range shooter. Um versus Agbaji. I think Agbaji is more of a simple pick. And I, I think like I've been thinking about Agbaji to the Hawks for four months now. I think like when Mark and I first did our first I feel like round, everyone like, has. Like he's a very uh plug and play kind of Yeah. I mean I, I do think it makes sense. And again, it, it's like what issue are, are you trying to solve? Right? Like you're not I don't think unless you want to get wild and go trade up for Jane Navy, I don't think you're solving your long term secondary creation problem at 16 in this draft even if there was a guy like even there's not even a guy i could take that if you wanted to say hey we have a lot of plug and play wings in 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 the room we don't need another one give me your best creation gamble and we're gonna take a flyer and like i don't know what it's gonna look like but like that's what we're gonna do i I don't know i can see them maybe doing that i understand that yeah my best answer for you is like is blake wesley who, like, I was gonna. He was next on my list. I swear to God, next, <laughs> next guy I was gonna ask yeah. you about was Blake Wesley. So we can, yeah. But like ahead. Blake Wesley, like, was not very good as a freshman. Like he and I, I'm very intrigued by Blake because there is such a way that it works, which is look around the country for six five freshmen that are repeatedly beating their matchup time and time again and getting into the lane. List is very small. If if there's not that many. And it's, most- it's also really interesting. Well, before I forget to say this, like a guy who was not a five star, like he was like a top hundred ish guy, but not, not a, not yeah. a great for him to come in, go to Notre Dame and then like kind of not be that good. And then, and then be a top 20 pick is like the weirdest thing. And I, and I, I totally get it. Why? But like, it's just a very strange trajectory because it wasn't like, normally if you're that kind of prospect to be a one and done, you kind of have to be good as a freshman. <laughs> he kind of wasn't good. He kind of was not. Absolutely. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, That would be my one name where it's like, if the Hawks front office was like, I'm done with these plug and play wings. We have a million it. of them. Um, You know, we're going to have to pay them anyways. So we're going to pay these guys. We might as well play them. Um, and the ones they do have. I do think a flip side to that is um, I don't want to pay all these wings. If I can get similar value in the draft, why wouldn't I do that and save my cap and go elsewhere? Like that's a team building conversation, which I think the Hawks are much more equipped to have than a lot of guys who are going to be drafted. A lot of teams are going to be drafting the teens, but I, I think that's, you know, here, neither here nor there. It's total preference. Um, if, if you're, 
if your draft strategy, and again, we're talking about all about process here. If your process was give me the best creator bet who can play alongside Trey and I would give you Blake Wesley. Now I wouldn't put any money that it would work and I wouldn't, I don't even know if I'd attach my name to it, but I'd maybe anonymously <laughs> hand you a little slip that says Blake Wesley. Um, and I think that that's like the only one I would give you. But other than that, like no one's Jaden Hardy. I don't like, I'm not particularly enthralled by him. I do think he's getting underrated a little bit. 16 is probably a little bit too high for me, given that Branham would probably would still be on the board. Likely if Branham's off the board, Matherin's off the board, who I don't necessarily think solves the problems here either. Cause I'm not super infatuated with him as a creator. Maybe you give Hardy a look, but um, Jaden Harvey, Trey Young backcourt defensively, me and you are giving them buckets. So I, again, like there's no there's no simple fix, especially not in this draft. Which like if the Hawks took Blake Wesley at 16, I would laugh, but I would get it. Like I would laugh because it's just like, oh, I know exactly what your process was. I know exactly where you, how you landed on this decision. Um, I'm not saying I'd recommend it, but I, I just basically my long winded answer is that. They're, I don't think they are fixing their one glaring hole, which I think me and you like to get to, to send to that next level eventually. It doesn't need to be this year, it doesn't need to be next year. Whenever it is getting a secondary star alongside Trey Young, I don't necessarily think you're doing that this year. So, you know, why sweat it? Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. If you love a chewy chocolate brownie, I can encourage you to have a caramel brownie with caramel swirl on top. It's so very good. And what if I told you that actually you have all of that deliciousness plus 17 grams of protein? You're in luck because caramel brownie bars are available at built.com right now. You have to act fast as they're actually a fan favorite. They'll go very quickly. And forget about dessert, actually. They're better than dessert. Plus, the macros are absolutely unreal. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar. I'd replace the regular brownie with Built's caramel brownie bar in an absolute heartbeat. And the best part is that caramel brownie bars at built.com have 100% real chocolate on the outside. Like, for real, it really helps the taste and the texture of everything at Built Bar. And with Built, don't sacrifice taste for eating healthy. You can actually have both in one place. And all of the bars are made with collagen protein, which your body can absorb more efficiently. And that provides a ton of health benefits. There are a million reasons why you should try Built Bar right now. And just for today, let's just say Caramel Brownie will absolutely rock your world. It's not an understatement. It's really just the case. If you try it, you will definitely be, be hooked on Caramel Brownie Built Bars. And with Built, tasty is the new healthy. Built.com has all of what you need for the Caramel Brownie Bars and much, much more. Built.com. When you get there, by the way, use the promo code LOCK15. If you're a listener to this podcast, it's 50% off on your next order with Built Bar. One more time, that is promo code LOCK15, 15% off at Built.com. You made a really interesting point, which you kind of just ended with as well, like, just the notion of being able to check that particular box in this range, in this draft, and in really in any draft, like you're, you're still at the end of the day drafting in the middle of the first round. And generally speaking, yeah, you could hit there. Like there are, there are exceptions. Giannis was 15th pick. I get all that, but like your expectation level at this range does not need to be, you know, number two guy on a championship team. Like it's just, that's mm-hmm. just not what it's supposed to be. Like you're supposed to be able to get, um, you're hoping for a starter. Like you're hoping for a good starter yeah. at 16. That's what you're hoping for long-term. Um, and that's just really interesting because, like, you talk about guys like um, even Branham, who, by the way, do you think he can guard anyone, Malachi Branham? Just as a defense, the defense is also it was not good in college. Yeah, no, the defense was not good at all. Because that, that's, that's part of the thing. I mean, you like, said about Hardy too, but like they have to consider. And I'm someone who thinks like Kevin Herter is an underrated defender, but all you ever hear is like how bad that is next to Trey Young. I mean, it is a it is a question slash problem. Like you you have to think about defensively how th- how guys work on the perimeter in particular with Trey. And like any more bad defenders, you get into some real peril. And if you think those guys can't be at least pretty decent, like it's the same thing as like Ty Ty Washington 
as like a, one of those like Kentucky combo guard, maybe he blows up kind of bets. And like, I kind of like that in theory, but can he guard so anybody? I don't know. His defense is better. It's definitely better than the others. And I was going to yeah. bring up Ty Ty because Ty Ty is interesting. I, I think if you were to give me like, what's your number one, like realistic pick, we're assuming Branham. And I might even like Ty Ty. I, so I recently, Mark and I have been debating Ty Ty Branham all year or for the past couple of months um, because they're very similar. They're off guards who are shooters. They're not going to get to the rim a ton. They're not, they're capable passers, but not going to wow you away as passer. Um, I think Malachi has more juice and more self-creation. I think Ty Ty is a much more sound defender. And um, I, I think Ty Ty is interesting next to Trey. That's a small backcourt. Um, but I, Ty Ty would, if they got him, I would be pretty happy with it. And I, I would yeah. see it. I think, you know, there's some short-term stuff there with adding another shooter and adding another ball handler while also not to, like there is also long-term potential for that um, um i definitely i was hoping you'd bring him up i was definitely going to move in that way anyways but what i was saying is like yes you're in the middle of the first round but even typically like there are typically some gambles or some high like you have your high end plug and play guys but even the gambles like i'm the combo guard king this is i'm the <laughs> same person like i'm defending jordan Poole after game one of the finals i'm defending tyler hero like these guys to me these guys are incredibly valuable who can either and Tyrese Maxey stand like not necessarily being your primary creator, but being a second or third guy who's capable of punishing the defense on second side actions, creating some offense on their own, giving working your star off the ball. Like these guys are incredibly, incredibly valuable. They might not be your second star, but in, in team building, you know, this is kind of like my favorite player to hunt. And you have a lot of potential candidates in this draft, and I am not super interested in, in either. And like any, yeah, any of them <laughs> at a high level, like Jaden Hardy, Ty Ty, Branham, and Matherin. Like, I like Branham, like, he's like fringe lottery for me. Um, I like Ty Ty right outside the lottery, Matherin outside the lottery, Hardy in the 20s. So, like, I this is someone like I love these kind of players. And if I thought that there was a chance that they could return that value. I mean, that's exactly what the Hawks are looking for. Maybe even if they're a terrible defender. Like, if I thought you had – it's just – there are so many hangups with them. Like, Branham can't guard anyone, and he's not really getting to the rim. Ty Ty is, is super small, can't really get to the rim, and is a fine passer. Good defender, good shooter. Um, Hardy, not necessarily a big-time secondary creator. Slow burst, not a very good defender. Like, it's all – which is why I guess we can kind of come back to like, if you were to trade up for one person, Johnny Davis, because he plays defense and I trust him to both score and create at a good enough level. Now, again, we're like standstill rim attempts and he is definitely prone to getting walled off. Like we know that, but um, in terms of attacking defense, keeping them honest, being able to run some second side stuff and playing defense and not being a negative, but potentially even being a positive. I think that's where he separates himself. Whereas um, it's, an interesting class because in theory there are a lot of secondary off guards that the Hawks could be interested in and fit. I just am not particularly high on them. Yeah. I, I had to do a mock the night of the lottery for dime and I, I gave the Hawks tie tie and people got yeah. mad at me and I wasn't saying they had to take him. I wasn't advocating for it. It just kind of made some sense. It's like a guy they could possibly take is the way the board fell, all that stuff. And like, you know, predictably a lot of responses like, well, he can't play the trick. And it's like, well, I think he can. Oh, um, actually, I, does that I, He's not pointing to me. Yeah, no, that's, that's kind of where I am. Yeah. I, I think maybe um, – obviously, there's some downside there. Um, I, I kind of am leaning into the Kentucky combo guard 
bit because it seems <laughs> to work on, on repeat. But uh, no, I, I think that also this is going to sound crazy, but there's nothing wrong with drafting a third guard at 16. Like that's not the worst outcome in the world. Like if you think that he can't be your starting shooting guard, I, I, I do understand that. Maybe that's not the greatest backcourt pairing as your primary unit, but like what if he's your third guard? Like it's not yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Like for me, I, I'm kind of famously low on Tyler Hero in, in comparison to you in particular. But like, <laughs> honestly, I've I've been wrong so far on him. But even then, like, I still th- I still kind of think he's re- I think I kind of think he's a third guard in a lot of ways. Like he's 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 the best version of that guy. But yeah. like that's kind of what he is on some level. And like that's okay. Like you're not drafting at six where you have to get a starter. Like it could be fine. Anyway, I'm, we're down the rabbit hole. But I think that they're those guys are interesting. Like I'm kind of with you on Hardy. But if they drafted Hardy, I would have no problem with that at all. Like yeah. I think. It goes back yeah. to what we talked about at the beginning. There's there's 20 guys. He's on that list that would be like, okay, I probably wouldn't take him, but I get it. Like he'd be your he's usually more like you want to score. Like okay, oh. he's he's a scorer. That's what he's supposed to be, and that's what he's been doing. And he was better late in the year. I'm, I'm sure you saw 100. Like no 100. He, he got a lot better. He's still young. And anyway, I just it, I mean, there's so many guys. So many I mean, guys. Um, guys. I, I, Mark and I are planning on doing like a live pod. Or in like a live show during the first round of the draft. Oh god. And I just feel like my reaction I mean, obviously it's the draft, so you're gonna get a couple of reaches or unexpected stuff. Every pick's gonna be like, all right, shrug. I don't know. Yeah, sure. like and that's what it's gonna be. It's like, all right, like maybe I wouldn't have done that, but I get it. And, well, that's, and like that's, that's exactly that's, how I am with all these yeah, guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, the way I'm I think I'm gonna roll out like my board is I'm kind of so sick and tired of like the 60 first on boards. Like I just can't motivate myself to do it anymore. If there's 30 guys that matter, why am I bringing 60 guys? Like, yeah, 60 guys get drafted. There's 60 um, picks. That's why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, or 58 this year, I guess. But I, I used to like, oh my God, in 2020 draft, I was like getting upset over the 47th pick. And I'm just like looking back. Like, I, I do the same thing. <laughs> I, I've kind of, I've, I've kind of cooled on that too. But like, there, there's definitely tweets of mine if you go look for them where like, I'm really mad about the 45th pick and it's like, that doesn't really make a lot of sense, but no, I, I think all these guys, they're not the same, but they have yeah. similar, like there are certainly, we talked about Easton would be a guy that I would circle. I think you would mm-hmm. circle as well for the Hawks as like maybe a priority guy. If he's there um, where I'll be frustrated if they don't take him in some, on some level, but like all those guys we just talked about are kind of similar in a lot of ways. Oh, there's a guy I passed on my list that I was going to ask you about. Cause I have not watched him a ton yet. Do you have an Usman Jing take? Because he seems to be like in the lottery him. now for everybody. Okay, haven't no, seen him. Okay, that's fine. Seen him. That is we'll that is going along. to be some procrastination. Those no, we're fine. I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I've watched I've watched him twice, yeah. and that's not enough for me to talk about. Okay, I've heard on. that's I, that's why I'm a little I'm a little scared. It's like a daunting task. I've heard he's someone you need to watch like eight games of because the it's hard to get a read. Yeah, I just to re- reveal. Uh, I watched one game and I was like what this guy's not a thing and then i watched the second game i was like okay i kind of get it but it's two games it's not enough okay, for me to give okay. an opinion uh they, but to your point they were very like very wide like the first game i don't i've kind of just picked it random and he was terrible in the first game i was like this guy's not a thing i don't know what's going on here <laughs> and it was like the same week as like he started getting like lottery buzz and i was like that doesn't what's make any sense here? at all yeah. anyway um oh is there anybody that we haven't seems... talked about yet that you like because like there's this like i tried to make my long list and just kind of say names out loud to you i'm gonna do, I'm gonna do that now so like EJ Liddell or Jalen Williams from Santa Clara or Bryce so, McGallans yeah, or Kendall Williams. Brown or whatever. Jalen Williams. Jaylen, let's talk about Jalen Williams. Jalen Williams. Because, okay. um, he is interesting. He is, I, again, not so like, I don't think solving your problems. He's older. He is not a great athlete, but I really buy the shot. He shot it really well this year. Legit second side operator is like very good pick and roll um, operator. I think that's what's kind of rising in the class. Like, 
we're so starved of pick and roll operators that like we see this guy doing WCAC and hitting the roll like oh it's got a lot of a lot of a lot of so um I'm not quite yeah. there um like he religiously hits the roll um I've watched I think five games of his and I have not seen him spray to the corner once but he's very good at hitting the roll and uh he manipulates the hell out of the low man to hit the roll um incredibly patient incredibly seasoned very poised just kind of like reeks of one of those guys that's going to stick in the league um you don't know how how high the ceiling is going to get or how what level he's going to contribute to but you get the feeling that he's going to help someone and play in the league and be a rotation piece so for the hawks i find his skill set particularly interesting because the the secondary creation stuff is absolutely there um like i i don't like he had 25 dunks on the year i don't think he's a, a 25 dunk athlete um, he wouldn't have done that i don't think in a different context i agree i agree and there is some stuff even in like wcc games where it's like eh, i don't really think you're getting that off like even just like driving the lane and, and like freezing the big and getting downhill for a layup i was just like eh, i don't know about that but I, I do think a lot of his game is translatable he's a legit passer very smart player um struggles as a point of attack defender just because like he's super uptight like super uptight um and isn't super super quick but very smart off the ball uh, knows team responsibilities it can get into passing lanes obviously has that plus eight wingspan um which aids him a lot in passing lanes and as a uh uh, playmaker um, allows him to open up windows, slip passes in there over the defense. So he's someone I was talking about him yesterday with people. And I was like, I'm not saying I do 16, but I'd be thinking about it. Um, so yeah. he's definitely someone like I, I need to rewatch Hardy, but I think I might like prefer him to Hardy in a vacuum. Obviously Hardy's a little bit more of an upside play. He's younger. Um, the shooting versatility is more, elite but i try you know i trust williams as, as a pick and roll player more and i trust the defense so uh, i think it, that's kind of pick your poison depends on what you're going for but i don't think right. it's crazy um, for him in this range now i don't necessarily think he's a lot of talent but we just talked about what is a lot of talent um and that's so, not where the hawks are anyway i mean the hawks are technically not in the lottery this year but no exactly I, him and him and blake wesley was something that someone posed to me the other day and i was like they're just completely complete opposites in a lot of completely opposite and it's like so what do you want i mean what do you want i mean and only, and only travis Schlank can answer that like what he's actually looking for like if you want upside it's not Jalen williams if you want someone who's gonna be a safer nba player it's probably Jalen williams of those two guys so i don't it's just an interesting like hypothetical it's the same thing as like I'm, we don't have to go on this road but like the, the pat baldwin road and it's like i don't know i don't i don't know what you're I, I don't tolerance level gonna, is for Pat Baldwin. Like, I, I don't know. I don't like, know if it's, I'm going to rank him. I, 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 ge I genuinely like, I get I it. Don't how, what, what am I supposed to be evaluating? Basically you you're to like, to like Pat Baldwin, you kind of have to just like not watch college basketball. Like if you just, if you, if you just go off of but his even high school, that, but even that he played, he played in a public high school and was hurt for the majority of his senior year. He didn't play senior. He didn't have a last summer of AAU. Like there's not even a, Shaden sample is better than his, like <laughs> which is crazy, it's crazy, but it's it is it's better. So I really wanted Pat to go back another year at school because I really did like the stuff I saw in FIBA and the stuff we saw in 2019 summer um, when he was a rising junior playing EYBL up a year with Jalen Johnson um, on that Phenom U team. So I yeah. really wanted to see more from him. It's just like I, I don't if I'm a GM, like I'm not picking. I'm probably not picking him. Like to be honest, I, I don't. No, know. I, I totally get it. I mean, yeah. I can also see a team. Like once you get past like I don't know, fifteen 30, or whatever. 30. Yeah, even I, that, I, I, I honestly like 
I, I would struggle to pick him in the first as someone who was ridiculously high on him coming into the year. And even his first couple of games, like, I, I just – I don't know what I'm getting, to, to be honest. No, I, I totally understand. I mean, that's – it's uh, that's the, he's a maybe the best example of, like, you don't know what you're supposed to understand about him. Um, oh, I asked this to everybody, and I think the answer at the top end is probably Paolo, so you can say that too. But do you have uh, your guy, quote-unquote, in this class, like it might, it might, it might, maybe it's a sleeper instead of Paulo. <laughs> I mean, I mean it's, it's tough. Paulo, but. It's tough. I've been, I was actually thinking about this today while I was watching because in previous drafts, like I've had quote unquote, like, like Malachi Flynn was my guy and he was like my 21st ranked prospect. But, like I look in my 20s, I'm like, God damn, like I don't, I don't even, this feels too high. Um, so yeah. I think <laughs> I, I would say Paul, I would say Paulo, um, just because I am uh, like, I obviously have like he's, I know a lot of people that have him as the number one. I do think I'm probably even higher on like his potential and the ceiling outcome so i mean you, i guess you could say that um ivy maybe i think maybe relative but he's i only have him third johnny i, I have johnny fifth on my board which is pretty high that's pretty high um, now yeah yeah so i guess maybe johnny you could say do you, do you uh, have a deeper part, like do you, do you have a guy that's like you see mocked in the 20s and 30s that you have higher than that like is there a deeper guy for you because like, like my guy in that range is go ahead you. who's your guy who's your guy uh, I, I really like Dale and Terry. Okay, like, Mark, like, Mark like, and I are like, going to talk about him on Thursday. I think it would not be insane to draft him at to draft him at 16. And I wouldn't do it, I don't think. But if they took him at 16, I'd be like, all right. And I love him. So I know that's too high. I know it's too high. So I understand. But like I, I he's the kind of guy that I just absolutely love. Like I know people like Josh Minot's a popular answer for no. this question. That people just I, love. So I say I said no really aggressively there because so I get it. quick quick side anecdote. Um, two of my best friends at school play or went to the same high school as Josh Minot. As Josh Minot. Um, oh, interesting. Yes, one played on the team, one was the manager. So, um, these are younger than me. So, while we're, info on Josh That's weird well, while, while we're a fresh, while we were freshmen, they obviously know I do. I take drafts guy like, yo, we got our boy top 30 going to Memphis, like potential first round pick. I'm like, yo, it's sick. Like, I, I can't wait to watch him. And I watch, I watch him. It's like, I, I remember calling him, like, I watched three Memphis games. like, what what's the skill like what am i banking on like i really want to like it and they were just like yeah he, he's uh, mba body i'm like oh okay That's um so like it, I guess. Yeah. yeah no no josh why not like if you take him he's a second round guy to me like if, if you if you're super comfortable in your player mint development staff yeah. um i really like his motor um he does play super hard he makes plays obviously he's a freak athlete um i just don't necessarily buy like any of the skills just yet but Again, back half of the second round, um, your guess is as good as mine. So exactly. if you trust your player, if you trust your player development staff, um, and you're comfortable with the blank canvas of tools and motor, um, which I do want to again want to give him credit, like very high motor, um, and plays his ass off, which which is yeah. good, but um, not necessarily my kind of guy, not necessarily my kind of gamble. I have a couple guys, maybe I, I guess I can throw out. Um, I'll say I'm not. I don't know, if, and he seems to be a first round buzz. Jake Laravia from Wake, I, I do like yeah. him. I think he's pretty solid. The shooting is real. Um, super smart, good cutter, no set of just like I just like that role he played at weight that he was really damn good in. Like I think that's an MB, a lot of NBA teams could use that. Um, just like you're a modern four who can play the low man, um, maybe attack in spurts. You, you kind of wish the creation was a little bit more, but I do buy the shot and, and knows how to play off the ball. Um Jalen Williams, again, I do like. Like it seems like he's more of a first round guy now. So we don't spend too much and we did just talk about him. Uh, David Roddy, I like. He's funky, man. I, I like him. 
Um, yeah, I, I did too. It seemed like he had kind of a rough combine. I didn't watch the. Combine, I haven't seen the combine. Yeah, I haven't. Seen I didn't it see either. either. But I got the reports were not great on David Roddy at the combine. But like that's okay. I don't think that's like the panic. Yeah, thing. it's kind of no. Like, he's not for, and I get like he's not for everyone. Um, but like he's really skilled. Um, he is. He wowed me just as at first time as a shooter. He was. Like, I was not expecting him to take movement threes and pull up threes. Um, yeah. I do think it'd be advantageous if he can slim down a little bit just because I think he's, he's a like little free. bit. Yeah. 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 And and I think he, he does benefit where like being big, like that's absolutely like you can, he can guard up Um, is very smart defensively. I do think he can play some four despite him being literally like, I think he's six, five um, because yeah. he is so big and I think he can guard up and he is super strong, like cable passer, cable ball handler. But I do think slowing down a, just a little bit um to become a little bit more mobile I, I wish he like looked to attack and score more. Like I, a lot of his buckets in my viewings, um, I do need he's someone I do need to watch more of. But um, it came in like the post when he was isolated and was getting buckets that way or for threes. Like, wish I saw like a little bit more uh, aggressiveness while attacking closeouts. But he's definitely something I'm in, I'm intrigued with. Like at least I know what I'm getting there. Like yes, <laughs> we might need to slim down a little bit, but I know I'm getting a skilled two way player who could potentially contribute and like you know be a unique look. I think um, I'm trying to look who else in this, like, uh, Oh, I mean, I've been saying Andrew Nemhard um, as a okay. second round guard, uh, yeah. maybe not, maybe not for the Hawks. Um, yeah. I mean, the, they, the Hawks pick at 44 and it's like, people always ask me like, you know, who's the guy at 44 and it's like, well, I got no idea. It's 44. I, I don't know who's going to be there in particular, even more so than 16. Like, yeah, yeah. somebody's probably going to fall to you that I like, like for instance, if Dalen Terry is there at 44, you just send the card in, in my opinion, but who yeah. knows? Um, uh, I, I kind of like Max Christie, but it seems like he's going to go before that probably. Um, yeah, Christie, I, I like I kind of like there. him. Yeah. I do like that there. So Christie was someone I was super high on early in the year. Um, the off the dribble stuff just didn't come along like I thought it would. Even well, as he, had a, he had a rough, he had a rough year for sure. But like, but I mean, at forty four, at forty four, like that, but like his his not frame, but size as a shooting guard. Um, that shooting stroke is pure as it gets, and I like him on defense as well. Um, he's good at point of attack. He's good off the ball. Um, so yeah, at 44, um, I'm totally cool with him. I'm trying to maybe think like I have to I must drink alive and say J- J- Arkansas Jam Williams. I say it on every podcast. Um, no, no, you're missing like me. Him. That's where I like you miss me. I, I'm no, I can't win. I mean, you, I'm, I'm just saying 40 at 44. It's like he, I like. I, I haven't. I have too much. In, I have too much integrity for that. If you is never it, is contest, it, is, is it the charge drawing? Is it the charge? If drawing? you never, okay. if you never contest <laughs> on the basketball court, you're not. If you don't <laughs> contest, you don't, you don't even attempt to contest. <laughs> I am definitely going to tweet out something about you saying you have too much integrity for for Jalen Williams. (laughs) Oh, it's incredible. I love that. Um, You're Um, not wrong. No, no. And also, it's like he's super skilled. Um, I also just like, I'm not quite like the charge of a side. I'm not quite there with the offense. Like, I I think there's a a lot there. I think it's a little bit more theoretical because he's a center size guy who can pass, but passing is good. It's not like transcendent enough. I don't really buy the shot and he's smaller and more ground bound. So I think the scoring is a little tough. So in, in like from a real prospect, um, like if you were taking the second fine, um, but he's just not totally my kind of guy. He's small, man. Like he's only six, nine and he has some trouble finishing against size. Like most notably in that Duke game, I think yeah. if I recall correctly, um, he definitely struggled to finish uh, around Mark will. Um, so yeah, it, not necessarily my kind of guy, but again, like, 
I'll keep saying this in every podcast and every time. Your second, your second round flyers is good as mine. Yeah, so, it does. It's, it's I, I, I totally definitely agree. not. I'm definitely not mad about any of it. Um, before we get out of here, I, you know, just to like put a point on the Hawks stuff. Um, it seems like, you know, in a vacuum, maybe maybe Tari Easton's like a best case scenario for what you can see, like in terms of realistic stuff, not your not trade up options, but yeah, guys Does that sound right to you? Yeah, I mean, I really like Tari. I really like the fit. I think it's it's a little different, you know, is what I'd say. I think while I do like Ochai there, Ochai feels a little rinse repeat for me in terms yeah. of you're you're getting a sound floor spacer who like I, I Ochai he's shooting he's shooting guard size too. Like that's the thing. Like they have yeah, like that. You, have I, I that. Just, <laughs> I, you know, I feel like I feel like the hawk the Hawks do have a bunch of those guys and. You know, I, you know, I do. We talked about the the philosophy and ideology of getting all these guys in the building, seeing who beats out who, and and roll just rolling the ball out like good old who's going to outplay who. Um, I do think that gets a little bit more interesting if you at least have contrasting styles and contrasting skill sets. Like if we're just rolling out three or four of the same space, you can't really run a second side action. Your defense is mad. You're a really good catch and shoot shooter. Like I think that's the big. By the way, just to like put a point on that, like I think that yeah. There's this notion out there that he's this like really really good defender that doesn't no. really exist on on tape. That's kind of no, no, no. I'm not trying to pick on him. I, he was, I, I think def- be, he was I, defending earlier in the year. In the early yeah. year, he was defending, and I was sending clips around like, "Hey, I think he'll be fine. Our... I think he'll be fine. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think he's going to be good some, defensively. He had some real rough lapses. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, again, this is this is anecdotal because I, I I was court I was courtside for the final four, like I was ten row whatever it was media stuff, and I was like, I'm I'm watching him almost more than everybody else because of just, you know, prospect stuff. And I'm thinking, yeah. like, the defense is just not – it, it kind of confirmed what I'd already seen. It's, his, defense it's was not, his defense was not good there. No, it was. <laughs> and, and I think, I think I'd be fine. But I think that's one of the things, if you're the Hawks in particular, like, you kind of need to think he's a, a better defender than what you already have at the two, and I'm not sure he is. Like, I think if you compare him to Kevin Herter defensively, people that have not ever watched both guys will be like, oh, Abaji for sure. And it's like – I don't think that's necessarily true. Um, yeah, obviously that, that's a, that's a one-off, but it's just he's one of those guys that like you just wish he was a little bit better on defense to fit the archetype. Because like you guys like Branham, like yeah, Branham's defense is really bad too, but like he has more juice, which is I think the way you put it earlier, and I, and I agree with. So I don't know. It's just we've uh, talked about a lot of guys, and we we both like Tari Easton, so we can circle that right now. But I'm not I sure what think, else we could say. Yeah, I think the Hawks are. It's. It's, a, it's an interesting place. Like, what are you going to do with uh, the, these guys you signed in free agency that kind of, like, bolstered your run a couple years back? Um, what do the second contracts look like for the guys that you hit on in the draft? Um, you know, I think what we said, you have an obligation to be competitive, and I absolutely mean that to be true. I, I don't necessarily think – saying they're not good enough is the wrong way to say it, but I don't necessarily think they're in the tier where – you're just like, yep, we're going to get a guy we can plug and play and, and we're washing our hands and moving on. Like, I, I do think they have room to get a little funky, which is oh, I like you're your Tari, you're Blake Wesley. And you know, if it doesn't pan out, then I don't think that's like you're shooting yourself in the foot. You're at 16 coming off a funky year and you're kind of in team building limbo with you have these influx of young guys that you're trying to decide who's going to stay long term. And you have these influx of older guys who are, are – kind of on the way out it's like undoubtedly did the right thing by signing him got to the signing those guys got to these conference yeah. finals um like i think that we can we are well beyond deciding if that was correct <laughs> or not um 
but the, they're on the books and those guys are aging a little bit. Like I, I do think you know, while the Hawks are, are going to remain as they're to be, the Hawks are going to be competitive um, for as long as Trey Young, like he's yeah. that good. He's a caliber of player, but as we said, not everything's linear. And I do think they are in a little bit of a funky situation right now where the long-term future is a little bit cloudy. Like you obviously tell me if you disagree, you are well more equipped on them. No, you're, you're hundred percent right. I, I, you're hundred percent right. And also something I've been saying a lot, even recently, because it's just the way people are talking about it. Like you also are not drafting for the next two years. You're, or even, right. especially, the, especially as a rookie, you're like, I know that's a temptation in draft discourse is like, well, this guy can help you right away. That should not be, it might be a little bit of a factor, but it shouldn't be a big factor in what you're, especially yeah. for the Hawks. And you're already deep with guys who are going to be playing. Like, let's just say, for instance, you draft Ochai because you think he's going to be, he's going to be able to play faster. Like, you know what? He's not right now. He's not better than the guys you already have playing on the wing right now Absolutely. today. He's not. And he, and that, and that's one of the appeals of him is that he's closer to the NBA, but like, He's not better than Kevin Herter right now. I promise you that. He's, he's not. So, like, that shouldn't be your thought process. It's the same thing as, like, obviously the Nate Millen factor complicates things, but he didn't play Jalen Johnson really at all last year. But, you know, I try to say that ahead of time. Like, you're not drafting Jalen Johnson for his rookie season. Like, you're hoping mm-hmm. he hits two or three years from now. And that's the case even for the guys who are more NBA-ready, like your Tari Eason guy, which is, we'll use that as an example, like, you're hoping maybe he can help you a little bit as a rookie, but like you're drafting him for 2024 and 25. Yeah. That's what, that's what you're doing. So it's always important to keep that in mind. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not telling you, Jake, I'm telling everybody. Else, I know you <laughs> no, absolutely. It's, just, it's a challenge. Yeah, no. That, and then that's kind of like the last point I want to leave it off and, and why the Hawks are, are kind of one of the more fascinating franchises, in my opinion, um, right now, especially when, when you're talking about um, teams that are drafting here, because I don't necessarily think, think again saying they're not good enough like i don't want to say that it's like they went through a really rough year and i'm generally generally like a big fan of the hawks and trey and um especially herder um, i'm a big herder fan but oh yeah I, again i don't necessarily think they're like equipped enough to just say to blindly just say let's run it back like we're making no changes like we're running it back they're not good gonna... by the way it's not yeah happening. yeah and, <laughs> they're and not so do. they're not going to so kind of take out like your top eight or your top third of the league who feel good about what they did, made a good run, or got, had an early exit, but they're comfortable. Like, they're like, I like what we had. Um, either we called a raw deal in raw one, around one, or we can just refine up out around the edges. Like, take out, you know, your top eight, we'll call them. Then you have your, you know, your first eight, which is like, we have no direction. We have a lot of young guys. <laughs> we're picking towards the top. Um, we're just trying to roll with this and see as we go. Like, the Hawks are in this really fascinating middle ground where it's like, they really they competed at a high level two years ago. They kind of fell off a little bit. Uh, the guys that used to compete are aging out a little bit. The guys that were on the rookie contracts and were the surprises are approaching the second contract. Um, they have a superstar, but like they have this one glaring need. There's it's a lot of moving pieces. Um, is kind of what I'll say. So like I, I think it is a little. I don't want to say hectic, but it's cloudy. Like, I don't necessarily. I can't really tell you where Atlanta is going to be in two years which just kind of makes this draft even more difficult because you're essentially trying to hit a moving target, right? Like oh, yeah. we're trying to hit a player for 2025, but we don't know what we're going to need in 2025. So I, I do think that's why um, I do think they have some grounds to get a little funky, which is, I, I don't know yep. if that's as funky as Wesley, um, but Tari, like I think Tari is certainly but, entertaining and fascinating, but that's it. maybe it is Wesley. Who knows? Who knows? I was going to say, I mean, they, they could easily justify 
pretty much anything. It's, I mean, yeah. there's like archetypes that you don't want. Like, again, you, you don't want, but even that, like the only guy in even first round range that's like two, like that's a pure small point guard is Kenny Chandler. You're not taking him. Who I love. Like, and uh, I like yeah. him too, but I, yeah. you can't. It's not I mean, happening. Yeah, yeah. With Trey Young, you can't take him. And then like, again, like your Mark Williams, Walker Kessler's, you can't take either. But other than that, basically any other guy is like, at least any any, any other archetype is on the table. So it really does. It is funky. I like that. I like that word, um, that word choice, because it is really interesting. And candidly, I I don't know still, and I'm trying to figure this out for people to listen to the podcast. I I don't know what they're (laughs) prioritizing. Cause like, I know the guys that I think Travis Schlenk would like based on all the conversations that we've had together and what he said publicly, like he's a dribble pass shoot guy. He's a skill guy. He doesn't really prioritize athleticism that much. Usually like if you look at who they've drafted, they haven't drafted like hyper athletes. They they, they like, they like to draft the skill guys for, for the most part. And I know who fits that bill, but like maybe he goes, maybe he goes away from it on purpose this time. I don't know. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. I know I, I, it's kind of, I, I can tell you who the Schlenk guys are, but I don't know if he's going to take them this time. So. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, road. I would, I would, I would say like, that's pretty similar to the way I approach things. Like, like everyone, I would say is everyone wants to drill past shoot guys until the drill past shoot guys are right in front of them on the clock and they take the tools guys. So well, and every, he doesn't really do that. It really is. No, honestly, no, I'm, I'm I not saying Schlenk, fascinating um, because of that. Yeah, like, honestly, yeah, because like he, he does do what he says for the most part. He does do what he says mm-hmm. he likes. Like Amari yeah. Spellman was that, I mean, yeah. in theory, it didn't work and I kind of hated that pick when it happened, but like, that's what he was supposed to be like this super skilled undersized center prospect. And like, he, he does kind of bet on himself and Travis, like that's the other thing about Travis is like, if he falls in love with a guy, he'll just yeah. take the guy. He doesn't care. Like he does not care. So if he, if he thinks Jalen Williams is the guy, he'll just take him. I promise you. Yeah. Will. So, and, we'll and I listen, I see it. Like I wouldn't hate it. I, I absolutely, I wouldn't hate it. I understand. Well, you, you've made a ton of time, so I'm going to get you out of here. It's been like 90 minutes or something of this conversation. No, a lot of fun. Uh, but Jake, you plugged yourself at the beginning, which I wanted to make you do to, in case I split this up into two episodes. So oh, okay. We're, we're, yeah. we're going to do it here again at the end. Uh, <laughs> please, please go ahead and tell everybody where they can find your work. Because honestly, I'm a listener to the podcast with Mark, who was on the show already as well. And I read all your stuff and I'm, I'm a big fan of what I'd say that whether you're awesome. here or not. Thanks, but uh, please share where they, people can find your stuff. Well, one, I appreciate that. Um, it definitely means a lot. It's it's a taxing time of year, but also very rewarding. Um, so you can find me as it's linked on the video if you're watching this on video. But my Twitter is at Jake in the Paint. Um, that's kind of where all my stuff will be put out. Uh, the written stuff will be for Cerebro Sports on our Substack, uh, so you can subscribe to that to so get updates. Um, I will be putting out some pieces. Friend of the program, PD Web, will also be putting out some pieces also through the Substack. Uh, so be on the lookout for those. And for the pod, Mark and I will be doing a few more episodes until the draft. We are, uh, that is called Tag the Roll, um, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, stay on the lookout. We'll be doing a live show during the draft. So come hang out with us. Um, come be in the comment section. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of stressing out a little bit if we're going to do like notifications or not notifications because I, t- I typically like to go off the air and do no notifications. But I feel like if we're in like a chat room, uh, I feel like it's just bound to get spoiled. So, yeah, there's I don't know. That's, yeah. yeah, that's TBD. We're, we're TBD on there, but definitely um, be on the lookout for that. Uh, we'll have details about where that's going to be, um, how to access it, and all that good stuff with more time as we get closer. But yeah, until then, check out the podcast. Follow me on Twitter. DMs are always open. Um, just love talking basketball. And thank you for having me on. This was a lot of fun. As you can see, I'm, I'm definitely passionate about the draft, but also team building and the Hawks. Uh, pretty much blend the two of those better than anyone right now. (laughs)
Yeah, they're really interesting. Uh, thank you again for doing this. Uh, I would recommend as a draft night plan uh, watching Jake and Mark and then listening to this <laughs> podcast after, after that's over. So there you go. Uh, you get, get all the Hawks stuff, get all the, get all the uh, draft stuff, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll meld the minds together. Uh, as for everybody that listens to the podcast, please subscribe to this show. Once again, check out Jake's work, tag the role, et cetera, and we'll see you all next time.